Hallo und schön, dass ihr heute wieder zuhört. Ich hoffe, ihr genießt alle die Semesterpause. Heute hört ihr die zweite Folge des Diversity Spotlight Podcasts, der Podcast der Fachstelle Gleichstellung und Diversity an der ZHDK. Zu Gast war Irini. Sie ist wissenschaftliche Mitarbeiterin im Master Transdisziplinarität und wie sie sich von einem Ort zum anderen teleportieren kann, das hört ihr in dieser Folge. Und wir hören uns nächste Woche. Ich habe mich mit einer sehr spannenden Person aus dem Bereich Fine Arts getroffen und ich freue mich schon mega darauf, diese Folge mit euch zu teilen. Bis dann! Liebe ZuhörerInnen, diese Folge wird auf Englisch aufgezeichnet. Dear listeners, I'm Miranda, she, her, and I host the podcast series Diversity Spotlight. Here I introduce various people of ZHDK, talk to them about their roots, their careers and their social backgrounds. I'm delighted to be in the studio today for episode two with Irene. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Would you like to introduce yourself briefly? I'm Irene. I come from Greece. I was born in Crete. I grew up in Athens, where I studied sociology and cultural management and Greek and English American poetry. And I was working as an artist and as an editor in cultural press until 2014 when I moved to Zurich to continue my studies in transdisciplinary arts. Could you explain what the master transdisciplinary is about? It could be anything. It could be any way of combining or bringing together ways of knowledge and ways of practice that come from any field of science or from any field of art. In my understanding, it doesn't really have to be put in a concept. It is a way of coming up with new methods, of coming up with new ways, new ways of investigation, of research, But it has mainly to do with this liminal in-between space of things. But it's another mindset to work without um, having a final product in mind, but to focusing on this investigation. How do you find inspiration or how do you think in so many different kind of languages? The process is not goal-oriented and it is also open-ended. Mm -hmm. You act actually like the detective and I really, uh, I'm a big fan of de detective series. You collect clues and you look everywhere for clues that would lead you to the solution of the mystery. But the mystery in this, in our case, is not something tangible always. Usually I'm, I'm driven by something that I cannot really define, so I follow my intuition a lot. This could be a performance or this could be an installation or it could be a book. Would you like to talk about your latest projects? Something you, you're on right now or you just finished? For the moment, I'm focusing on my PhD. I'm finishing my PhD in transdisciplinary artistic research uh, with a special focus on teleportation and transformation, approaching the impossible through storytelling and technology. I think in the end it will be a book. It's about two processes, two impossibilities that we meet in every kind of narrative, from mythology, religion, from fairy tale, science fiction. There is always this wish for more life 
to be everything and to be able to be everywhere and to be able to become everything. Like a superhero or... Also, or a god. Uh-huh. Uh, what is God, what is not God, and what is in between. So it's not about religion. I'm not a religious person, but it's not about spirituality only. And it's also not about neuroscience only, because this belief effect is everywhere, and it has to do with our growth possibilities. I say there is no separation. We are talking always about the same thing. For example, when we talk about meditation or hypnosis or um, effects like the placebo effect, the scientists can now measure all this. But do we need all this since we talk about practices that are 3,000 years old? This is also something that leads to this uh, binary way of thinking. How do you approach your project? I mean, that's quite a broad field you, you're working in. And so how do you combine all those aspects with one another? I did interviews with three groups of people that I thought that are the experts in these practices. And these groups of people were uh, children, people with schizophrenia and people in love. I was looking for people who can fall in love with anything, like an idea, a project, someone, indeed someone else, another person or many other persons. Or, but people who, who have this uh, ability for excitement available. So I ended up working with artists mainly. And I did these interviews and I asked people about their experience of uh, iconic Western, mainly narratives. This was the introduction. And then every person would start from this point and say their own stories of teleportation and, or transformation, mm -hmm. but also the devices that allowed them to achieve this. So I have this collection of uh, stories, but also a collection of drawings of the devices or the in-between states, which I turned it into a set of cards Were there moments where you were amazed by the answers of your experts? What was quite impressive was that I would get similar answers from people from the different groups. Mm -hmm. And another impressive thing was that the kids, when the parents were <laughs> with them, they would not admit at first that this is a, a thing. Uh, no, I have never thought of being teleported or transformed. Never in my life. I have never imagined this. Yes, and if you think how much self-censorship we also carry, not only from childhood, but from everything, from education, maybe from social interaction. Like, May I ask, what's your teleportation device? And where does it teleport you? I have several... <laughs> devices but my favorite one is uh, a lingual one or a, an embodied also one it's a hypnosis if i go for a hypnosis session i can travel to my childhood i can communicate with other beings i can try whatever i want it's such a powerful tool and it's so relieving to to know that this is there something like a safe space a safe space yeah. yes maybe you can tell me a bit more how How you came across this? I first came across this practice in 2014, I think, or 15. And the first time it was really, I thought it, I was there for five minutes and I was there for 50 minutes. Wow. It was uh, uh, really, it was one of the best experiences I ever had because it really worked. I could see it, how it worked over the weeks 
shifted my perspective and it took me out of this darkness that I, for me, it was like a black veil. I could not escape from this. Everything was turning gray. Mm -hmm. And I was amazed by the effectiveness of it. That was when I first had the idea to use it for something. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, every artwork is a hypnotic artwork. You have an introduction somehow, even if you go to the cinema, to a gallery, and slowly you, you exit. It's a, it's a ritual, but in a different uh, rhythm for getting in touch. As somebody who's also um, into storytelling and developing different narratives, there's this three-act structure. There's a starting point and an end point. In the end, I'm just quite fascinated by how you find a way of um, letting those emotions reflect on you and also back into your work. You know, when I first moved, I was feeling uh, suffocated in Greece. But uh, after some time in Switzerland, I also started feeling suffocated. <laughs> Now, the solution that I have for myself is to be Uh, a few weeks in Greece and most of the time here with one foot here and one foot there and it's really balancing. But I was thinking before I came this morning that I don't... Uh, I, since I remember myself as a child, I don't want to belong somewhere. As, as, some, I, as soon as I feel that I... or that others think that I belong, even with my family, I didn't want to be obliged to be part of a whatever community. And it's also my need for emergency exits. So I have an emergency exit that is now available and I can <laughs> access it at any time. And for the moment, it works. How did you feel when you started this journey? I left Greece with a, an incredible anger. Uh, so bad feelings for what is happening in the country. Because in 2012, 13, 14, it was described then as the peak of the crisis. But it was actually the beginning of uh, what is happening now. That is, it's a complete disaster. Everything is getting so dark. I don't have possibilities anymore as a as a young artist. And maybe it was the change of the country, but I think it was there was another vibe of the city compared to Athens. Switzerland was different in the sense of openness of people, the kindness of people because in Greece they were already quite tired and they still are probably now they're more exhausted than angry. You came into the studio and I asked you what you had for lunch and <laughs> you said nothing because for you it's more common to eat lunch very late. I find that quite beautiful that we have this opportunity at ZHDK to get to know so many different people from all over and habits and, and, and cultural things you, you carry within yourself. What is difficult for people is exactly this, how to take care of themselves while being in a strange or in a foreign situation or how to decide what they want to get accustomed with or what do they want to adapt and what to keep from their own culture or from things that they uh, carry with them. We can always improve, but it has to make sense for us. 
I wonder how you experience diversity here at ZHDK. Diversity was not a thing that I would, or like if I was not exposed to a, a debate or, or to arguments on this, I, this is something I would never think of as I, I grew up as a person, not as a, as a girl or as a woman. This was never an issue in my family or in my environment or skin color or ethnicity. It was never an issue. And I come from a working class family. We were always with different kinds of people. It was never something that I noticed in my skin or that, that I got exposed to directly or close. There are problems in, with uh, when you have so many different people coexisting, but I don't see uh, problems that cannot be overcome. Really, nothing else matters. We are together in a class, in a workshop, in a project week, in uh, even in this building. We share things and we occupy the same space. I think it's important also to acknowledge that we are in this privileged position here and to have this little influence that we could have in our own little cycle outside the school, which is really important and it it makes sense. You are together with others. It's so valuable to be able to not necessarily to understand, but to observe or to to acknowledge that there are other ways and people have other systems of knowledge. Absolutely. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Miranda. If you'd like to find out more about Irene and her work, Have a look at the show notes and there you will also find more information about ZHDK's Office for Gender Equality and Diversity. Wir hören uns das nächste Mal beim Diversity Spotlight. Musik